Dude, robots are taking over the call center. Is that really true? Are we really replacing humans already? Or is that really on the horizon? Today, I'm talking with Derek a little bit about how AI is starting to really make an impact in the call center. What other areas of life we're experiencing that in? And you don't want to miss this week's meme of the week. All this and more on this episode of Cloud Sherpa. Hey, dude. So I'm grateful that we're able to have this conversation because we know that AI is moving at like a super fast pace. But there's a few articles that have come up um, that you mentioned to me from this week. Um, I'd love for you to be able to tap into something I'm very much keen on with you is things being rebranded as AI that are not. They're just getting a facelift. And what you came across this week was pretty compelling, um, both because of what it says and what you, you actually and interpret from that. So would you mind pulling that up and, and sharing that with us? So you're speaking of the Channel Futures article that I referenced yeah, about one. AWS? Yes. So, yeah, I mean, a AWS uh, was interviewed or at least a engineer from AWS, right? And they were asking him about AI and the headline of the article says, get ready for generative AI to kind of take over the contact center. But what's weird is the content of the article does not match the headline. So mm -hmm. what I mean by that is uh, this particular engineer was asked about generative AI and uh, what he's, his thoughts were on it. And at the end of the day, he's basically saying um, it won't be a replacement for agents, but it will be a good supplement for agents. And I tend to agree, at least for now, right? Uh, so we see AI, you know, do an agent assist, uh, mm -hmm. it, con uh, the call scoring, right? It, it can come back on the back end and score that call and do that, listen to the call and transcribe it and all that and do it a lot faster than somebody can in real time. Uh, so having a human do that is really probably not the best thing to do these days with the technology that we have. Mm. However, I think there's still the necessary, um, you know, agent interaction when it comes to, uh, especially empathy. So if, if I'm trying to, you know, talk to somebody, like we had a large client who was, uh, in the funeral business, um, and their call center was very adamant about, you know, not wanting any kind of, uh, bot on the front end because they wanted that empathy. They, they wanted um, somebody to be able to handle that call in, in, in a manner that was more in line with their customer experience and, and what they wanted out of that. So I get it. That, that That's mm -hmm. definitely a good uh, thing to have. Um, but will, will these, you know, bots or um, AI take over the contact center? I don't think yet, but I do think maybe in the future. And so, mm -hmm. you know, uh, even with referencing to this article, I wanted to kind of get your take because you've been in a contact center. Um, yeah. So w what do you think 
And do you think AI will replace the agent? And if so, I mean, how long? What's that look like down the road for an agent to be fully replaced? The COVID season definitely sped things up faster than people expected. So it's kind of hard to even put a timeline on it. And I think anybody who does is really speculating um, whether they're wearing, say, like a lab coat or not, right? Like if they put themselves in a position of authority, I would actually question how certain they could be. Um, I can say that there is a consistent, like a persistent attitude in business to not leverage what's available. So like, here's what I mean. I know, and this is just generally speaking, businesses will kind of have this demeanor. I know my calls suck, but I won't take the proper measures because I think I'm doing enough and I've already tried. So they'll stop themselves from even leveraging new technology that comes out out of a you know, concern that they didn't really use their last investment to the full capacity and, and the lights are still on. So we're just going to keep doing what we've been doing, right? Um, so in the contact center right now, there is this certainly this push for leveraging. I mean, dude, fast food is leveraging AI. So why not, right? Why not, why not put it in place? And there's, I think this fear of implementing it too prematurely and affecting brand continuity, the customer experience. Yep. And then yet the reluctance to adopt and be an early adopter stops you from actually setting the pace. So there's this like Indian or what was it, India? It's a Chinese finger trap, right? It's like, you're, you're kind of stuck on both ends. So to try to get back to your question, I don't, I don't see AI leveraged enough from both my personal experience previously um, in the call center, as well as even now with people that we talk with, including like the good example you made with the funeral home. That's a good, I mean, I get, I get their point. I don't want a robot that might not be biased in the right way toward the customer and empathy, right? Um, <clears throat> I mean, think about this. Let me just pull back for a second. It's one thing to have my order taken by a robot. It would be another thing for someone to, like a robot, to take my order for uh, a casket, right? Like a funeral procession. That's that is. Mm -hmm. And it's a whole nother thing if you were to try to deal with like a police officer that was a cop. And what do I mean by that? The very base level is like, I'm just placing an order. The second layer, which is a funeral home example, is like the empathy. Can you relate to me that I don't want to make 13 other calls? I kind of want to get this done, right? Is the, is right. the sentiment of, the, of that second customer. This third person, which isn't a customer, but someone dealing with like law enforcement, you can't reason with a robot. Like the robot's just going to follow orders. It's not going to worry about trying to go through what circumstantial things have happened, right? Yes, I'm breaking the speed limit but I'm driving to the hospital because my wife's water broke. Like it's like there's some sense of reasoning there. So well, don't they have the uh, robot cars already for like in San Francisco that are pulling people over for different things, whether it's like jaywalking or speeding and things like oh, that. I think they have that in San Francisco. Dude, I haven't heard of that yet, but that is alarming. That's kind of a problem. bro. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's, it's weird. Um, yeah. So, so anyway, I, I wanted to get your take on that uh, as far as the contact center goes. But let me ask, um, when it comes to the adoption rate that you mentioned, do you think call centers uh, are adopting AI right now today and utilizing it effectively? Or is it still, are most of them still way behind on, you know, utilizing some of the, say, you know, scoring calls and things of that nature mm. 
uh, or agent assist, are they behind or are they catching up or is there just a lot of work to do? Yeah. I, I, if I had to pick out of that litter, I think they're behind. Totally. This is, this is the part where, could you imagine man going from, I mean, it's not like we didn't live through this going from rotary phones to a smartphone. Like it's, you have such an advantage by being an early adopter that it's almost incomprehensible to someone who's unwilling to confront the change that's already happening. It's already happening. Like, right. it's not like it's not, it's in the fast food, bro. <laughs> okay. It's, it's, if to your point, right. stopping people in California, right? If that's happening, it's like, in a sense, you have to learn how to, uh, the collaboration piece from us as humans needs to be on the front end of it instead of letting AI lead us. That's what I think. So we are a long way from, I think, the agent being replaced entirely to your point on like scoring and QA and stuff, dude, that should be happening right now. We can eliminate entire departments and reallocate those people to new areas that'll actually be beneficial toward the business um, by cross-training them, we cross-pollinate them, right? To to be able to do more than one role there um, instead of having somebody like a zombie clock in and just listen for keywords that the, it should be doing by itself. That takes a level of understanding from a business perspective that it's not just hard costs, but the soft costs, not just on like use case, but also like my employee, like the utilization of, of, of staff, not just to their capacity, but that they would feel purpose within their role and want to stay working there. Right. Um, I think we, we could feel the difference, man. We're both parents. It's very different. If I, with my kids asking if they want food, if I do it in love versus like, okay, here's your plate. Like if I have a bad attitude about it, I might fulfill the job, but I might not really do it correctly because my heart behind it isn't right. And AI does not have that. This goes back to your point about empathy. Like AI does not necessarily have that. If anything, there are biases that need to be worked out, which will happen through time and these large language models, right? Yeah. Um, so that'll eventually come. But, but you say, you know, the national, say the national average is that 2% or give or take, I don't know if it's national, but it's, it seems to be like kind of the common you know, statement is it's like a 2% is like normal closing ratio for outbound calls. Mm -hmm. If dude, if I could front load my call to be a robot that, that doesn't get upset with rejection, that doesn't work less with rejection, that doesn't have to worry about, you know, the argument that happened at home, that's going to affect their work day today. Like it yep. would, it would speed up how many of these agents that are actually decent salespeople to become professionals and focus on picking up that turnover, that TO that would normally happen from a person to a person, from a robot to a person, and then depend on the fact that the robot is actually going to set a proper expectation on a more consistent basis than the emotional person whose right attitude might sway with the wind. So um yeah, yeah man, so I, with that yeah. said, we we've also seen some advancements in the contact center, right? That may prove some of this wrong in the future, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a little scary, bro. Cause you know, we talked about yeah. this and then dude, you, you hit me up about this. This just happened. So yeah. um, could you share like, this is from, uh, did you, you, did you end up filling out a form for this or did you just check out the website? So backing up a little bit, the product is called air.ai. Um, I believe it's owned by Apple, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but you can go to air.ai and you can uh, sign up 
for their beta and, and listen to their AI bot. Uh, they give you an example of it. So I signed up for it and, and, uh, got the, uh, the beta version of it. Um, what's interesting is if you listen to this call and, uh, you know, let's play a snippet of it so you can understand, so that the listener here can understand just how good this bot is because it's, it's literally, this was somebody who was in the shopping cart about to make a sale and decided, eh, it's a little too expensive. I think I'm going to pull back and, and abandon my cart. And the bot calls the person back, turns them around and makes the sale. So let's play a little bit of that. Yeah, let's do that. Hey, James. I'm not interested, man. Yeah, no worries. I hate calls out of the blue too, but I'm actually from Apple and I saw you were checking out Vision Pro and were about to pre-order but left the page. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't I was curious, what had you looking into potentially? Okay, I can respect that. Can I just ask one question before you go? Uh, fine, shoot, what's up? Why did you, well, why did you decide not to pre-order the Vision Pros? I saw you changed your mind last minute. Um, cause they are crazy expensive. <laughs> I'm going to get the meta quest instead. I get it. But you saw what happened to threads, right? <laughs> Do you think the meta quest will end up being a better product than the vision pros or is it just the price? <laughs> uh, I mean, it's, it's mainly about price. I'm sure the vision pros are going to be better, but I'm not spending $3,000 on a pair of goggles, my man. I feel that for sure. Definitely want you to make the best decision for you, but can I offer a different perspective? Bro, that's gnarly, bro. <laughs> it is. So, so let's uh, let me show you what happened because the bot actually called me. So I'm going to play um, a little snippet from a voicemail that it left me. I didn't answer the call because I thought it was a spam call. So let's play this, and I'll let you hear this. Derek, it's Alex from Air.ai. I saw that you recently created an account on our platform. How's it going? So literally, it calls me back wanting Dog. to engage with me. And and that's pretty darn good. I mean, the, the, the voice is solid. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, dude, there are people who have email campaigns that are less personalized than this call was, dude. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's like... Hey, hello, first name. It's like, or they're asking it as like without assumptive that it is you. That guy, the yeah. robot, knew it was, hey, Derek, right? It's yeah, so, I mean, that's, it, it is coming. And, and that's what I'm saying is, you know, this stuff is on the horizon. It's going to get there. Um, so I think for the most part, uh, call centers are going to need to be aware of this. They're going to need to understand that, Things are going to change, um, and a lot of it can be good. Uh, it, it'll we'll have to see how those cost models shape out, right? Yeah, that's a good point. Be uh, worth the cost, you know, versus having real agents. Um, so once we do the ROI and TCO models on that, it'll be interesting to see how it uh, shapes up. Yeah, dude, and, and you know maybe that's where my sentiment goes toward in the context of the brands. 
Cause you yep. know, the, the, the context of you being able to set the pace allows you to control the variable that is going to come, whether you're ready for it or not. So there's a level of me that, you know, and that, that desire to be, um, a pace, you know, trendsetter as opposed to following things, um, that it's important to do your best as a company to jump, to jump in front of this before now you're forced to because your competitors are doing it, people outside of your market are doing it. And so now your customer just generally expects that level of service or generally expects that level of of uh clarity, setting expectations um is mad important. During during uh yeah. this, go ahead. At the end of the day, I was gonna say it's it's basically a risk analysis. You're gonna have to decide how much am I willing to risk on the future because at some point this is gonna become a reality. And I'm going to need to uh, stay up with my competition. If I don't, I fall behind, I lose market share, and I'm out of business in a few years. So companies will have to take a long, hard look at this stuff and make sure you know it makes sense for them, you know, either now or in the future. Absolutely, dude. One thing that, like, in in terms of like you know, bigger businesses, that we're talking, I'm talking very specifically about cars and homes big purchases, these machines of industries have been able to rebel against change for a long time. But if we're honest, even like with the attempt of what Carvana did in the last several years has been to try to change the system and way things used to run so that they right. can give a different customer experience for someone who's willing to try it. And whether or not you agree with that style of business, the point is people were willing to throw the dice or you know, roll the dice and try it out. And you know, good or bad reviews, let the market decide. That's why we're in a capitalist society, right? Let the market kind of determine. Yeah. But I pulled up here that it wasn't even um it's not even Apple, man. So check this out. This is from Crunchbase. Um, this is regarding air.ai. So they're actually founded here. Their the headquarters are here in Miami, dude. If somebody who's listening to this can get a hold of them and we can get in contact and have a conversation on, on a live call, I would love to do that. Um, if we don't get in front of them ourselves first, because this isn't a sponsored video, we're just sharing what we see as it's coming with as two guys who deal with technology and call centers. Um, so, but check this out. It says air. AI is a software company specializing in machine learning and natural language processing, NLP. Our vision is to improve rental and sales transactions with AI by providing a multilingual rental and sales listing site. Most listings in MLS are in English, as are real estate site, sites like Zillow, Redfin, and then it lists a few more. So we auto-translate listings into the language selected by our user, like Airbnb. We also automatically translate into the language of the user's region based on GPS of the phone. We're also developing an in-app video feature. We use proprietary algorithms and machine learning to recognize specific buildings, vehicles, and yachts in a video feed from our app. So users can scan the skyline of their city with their smartphone and our iOS or Android app can recognize the buildings, cars, and boats, and we'll offer them listings to rent or buy. Yeah, so it sounds like it, it's it's actually going to do some uh, geofencing. So it's probably partnered with like a Twilio or a Nexmo on the back end mm. to be able to do geofencing with the uh, cell phone numbers and and tracking all that data. So that's pretty impressive, dude. That's sick. And yeah. you know, with them honing in, say, on this particular market of being real estate. Um, or like the Apple example, which is the one from the commercial, and even who hit you right was um, was them. It's like 
how much more does this give opportunity for people who are really capitalizing on leveraging AI, building these backend APIs and rebranding their own products to be able to say, hey, maybe instead of it being a specific, in this case, real estate model or a product service, maybe it's like do vacation sales. Maybe it is front end for uh, uh, for vehicle like this. There's, it, it opens the market to so many other industries that aren't trying this to take advantage Absolutely. of advancements. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of vertical markets that you could probably scale this uh, and, and do it customized for that industry. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> Dude. Yeah, so look, that's my big fear, right? I mean, AI, will it take over? I don't know, maybe at some point, but Look at Hollywood, all the movies, you know, end with, you know, the robots taking over, right? So, look, uh, we, we talked a little bit about AI in our past episode. If you missed that one, we talk about uh, one of our vendors and how they're leveraging AI in the contact center. So, I would encourage you guys to look at that one about Dialpad GPT. So, check that one out. And then, look, if you are interested in the technology and what we're doing here at uh, Cloud Sherpa, I encourage you to subscribe to the channel, keep up to date with some of the content that we're going to be talking about. We're going to try to change it up, keep it interesting. And I look forward to, you know, having many more of these conversations down the road. So I think that's going to wrap it up for this show. Thanks, Joey. We'll see you next time. Luke 923.